Today we're going to conclude our Hot Topic series talking about the idea of how do I change. And to me, this is an amazingly interesting topic because, you know, I think it's a question that we all raise. Maybe not vocally or out loud, but internally we all wrestle with this notion of how do I change? I mean, think back, right? For most of us, we can remember and we can even see in our lives the changes that have happened since high school or grade school. And so there are those areas that we've seen have changed dramatically. But if you're honest this morning, there seems to be that one area, one or two areas that just always seem to be that hang up spot, right? That, that catch spot that we just can't seem to break away from. We can't break free from those things that we, we just struggle with and they, they tend to capture us. And so that's what we want to talk about today. How do we get away from those things? How do we break out of those things? And, and I want to tell you this morning that don't feel bad, right? Because we all have these struggles. Even the great apostle Paul struggled with this. And this is where I want to look. I want you to turn or you can look up at the screens to Romans seven fifteen, And this is the New Living Translation. But I love what he says right here. He says, I don't understand myself at all, right? Who's been in that place? I know I have. I, I just don't get who I am. He goes on to say, for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I find I do the very thing that I hate. And so this is Paul, you know, one of the greatest men of the Bible. And yet he recognizes that there's just that thing in his life that he wants to change. And as much as he does, there's this struggle. There's this internal battle that is constantly going on. And, and I think for all of us, we have that. And so today I want to start by looking at what happens when we don't recognize that change or we don't begin. Because I believe that understanding that is half the battle to conquering it. Is that you have to understand what it looks like. How am I living now stuck to this thing that I want to change? What does that play? How does that play out in my life in this moment? And I think the first thing is simply this, is that it becomes a part of your identity, right? How do we know that? Because we start to make statements like this. Well, this is just who I am. This is my life. This is how it's going to be, right? We make those statements. Why? Because whatever that internal struggle is, it's ingrained itself so much in us that we've just adopted it as our identity. It's how my life is. I'm not going to change it. It's just the way it's worked out to be. And, and I want to tell you this morning, that's exactly where the enemy wants you. He wants you to think that whatever this challenge, whatever this struggle is, that it's, it's you. And it's a part of who you are. And that's what he wants you to keep in mind because he knows that if you think that way, it's really going to cause a struggle even more greater than you can imagine in your life. And I want to tell you this morning simply that, that God doesn't want to make you better this morning. He wants to create a new you. See, a lot of times I think in church we think that God wants to improve me. And the reality is the Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible tells us that anyone who is in Christ is what? A new creation. It's not the old made better. It is something new entirely. And God has something great in your life. He wants to make a brand new you today. And it can happen here in this place if you let him. But what that first step is, is beginning to understand why you are the way you are or why the struggle within you has begun to won over. And the first thing, like I said, it's, it's a part of your identity. It's a part of who you identify yourself as. The second thing that happens with that is, is that you feel increasingly hopeless, right? That it's just, wow, there's, there's no chance of breaking free from this. This is my lot in life. This is what life is to me. 
you know, I, I don't have any hope. I'm just going to have to learn how to manage this or deal with this. I'm going to have to learn how to hide this from everybody for the rest of my life. And that's, that's what happens in our life. The third thing is, is that we become defensive, right? And anytime someone approaches that subject, that topic in our life, you know, we're ready like the hockey matches. We're ready to drop gloves and throw down. I mean, we're ready to go after people because we don't want to let them in. We don't want them to know what that thing is in our life, right? I don't want people to know that, that dark place within me. And so I'm going to just, I'm going to let you have it. And the problem with that is, is we become so defensive that we shut ourselves off from anyone speaking into our lives. You know, we build these walls in our lives and we become so lonely because we don't want anybody on the off chance to see what that real struggle is in our lives. And then we become a slave to that, that very thing that we're trying to change, that we're trying to fight. It becomes the dominant one over us. You know, we begin to live life because of it. We begin to speak because of it. We begin to act out because of it. And it dominates the very core of who our life is. And then the final thing is, is that we lose our life to it. And I don't mean physically, but your personality, your potential is gone because of that thing. Your dreams have become nothing but a pile of ash before you. You don't have anything to look forward to because this thing has consumed you to the point that it is all you're about. I'm hiding it. I'm keeping it from other people. I don't want people to really see who I am. And so now my life is gone because of that. But I want to tell you this morning that God has the unique ability to turn your life around. He can take, no matter what stage you're in, he can take and transform your life. You could have written every chapter of your life up to this point this morning. But if you let God, he will write that last chapter in your life. He will write it and I promise you, it will be a great chapter. See, you don't have to lose your life to this thing this morning. It can change. God can redeem your life if you let him this morning. And I, like I said earlier, I believe all of us have this struggle or a struggle like this in our life. It's just part of our human nature. It's there. It's the habit. It's, it's a relationship. It's a secret sin. And I'm not going to ask you today to shout it out so you can all take a deep breath, okay? If we were in youth, I might ask them to shout it out. But we're not, so, so breathe. I just want you to think about it. You know, chances are you've probably already thought about it in your mind. And I want to talk to you about how it is we go about changing the mindset, changing the way we look at it. And I want you to look at Romans 6, 12 through 14. And I want you to see this. Again, this is Paul talking. And it's on the screen, or you can look in your device or in your Bible. It says this, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Sin is no longer your master. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Isn't that amazing? That we don't have to bow to this thing in our lives. We don't have to give our lives over to this struggle. Yet, I feel like so many of us, if, again, if we're honest, we've done that. And if you want to capture the whole message in one sentence today, and some of you are going to check out on me after I tell you this, and that's okay. I still love you. But it's simply this, is I believe that the problem for most of us is we've never really gone all in with Jesus. 
And that's the, why, the reason we deal with the majority of the things we deal with this morning. And I'm from D.C., and I've asked you many a times. Don't hold that against me, okay? It's just where I was born and raised. Uh, but I love the Washington Redskins, right? Uh, my dad would disown me if I didn't root for the Washington Redskins. It's just how it is. And if I'm honest with you, um, we've struggled over the past years. And so I feel like St. Louis fans can relate to that. I'm just saying. Um, so that's why I tell you this morning. But the reality is, is, is this year, there's, there's just something different about the team. And it's not just the fact that we beat you week two. I'm not just trying to rub that in. Uh, there's something different about the team. It, it seems like they're, they're finally beginning to find their own. They're, they're, they're buying into the coaching staff. They're buying into the system at play. And they're, they're kind of buying in as a team together. And they've become all in. And I'd be lying to tell you that they're undefeated or they haven't had their struggles this year because... Truth be truth, they're still not that good, okay? Uh, but, but the reality is, is they're better. And there's just a different atmosphere and environment around the team. They're in the games. I mean, every game has been relatively close. And it's because they've all bought into this idea of what's going to be the winning or the, the model of success for the Washington Redskins. And I want to tell you today that you and I, we have to buy into the model of who Jesus is. And we have to go all into who he is if we want success or victory in life. And if we do that, then we can see God's freedom and his grace in our lives that we don't have to feel tied to the very struggle that we're trying to hide from everybody. You know, we can break free from that thing. We can be shameless when it comes to those things. We don't have to cower in fear to those things. And I want to show you this morning how to go all in. I think that's the big question. You know, how do I change? And it's the simple answer is, is go all in with Jesus. But the bigger question lies in how do I do that? How do I give it all I got? Because I promise you this morning, if you give all that you are to Jesus, I promise you this, he will make a difference in your life. That thing is going to begin to fade. And sure, life's not always easy and there are going to be speed bumps and, and, and valleys that you're going to have to walk through. But if you continue to buy in and go all in with who Jesus is, you will make it through those things. And the first step in going all in is to get rid of the excuses, right? We all have them. Let's be honest, right? If you're like me, you're a procrastinator, right? You, we put everything off to the last minute. You know, I can have the best of intentions in the world, but I always find that reason not to do something or not to take this step. You know, I believe this morning, I'm just going to be honest with you. I believe that a gift of mine is eating, okay? I don't think it's a secret. It's just, it is. I actually believe it's the spiritual gift that God has given me is eating. Um, and I, I went for my annual checkup over the last week or so, and um, you know, and you know the doctors, they're good hearted, they love you, and, uh, and they're like, you know, you could lose some weight, and I'm like, yeah, I could, right? And so, you know, my goal and my hope is, is to lose 15 to 20 pounds, it really is, and, and if I'm honest with you this morning, I've tried this before and i failed miserably, okay? Uh, I'm the way I am for a reason, okay? It's just, it's just how it is. Uh, but my goal is really, I want to do this. You know, I want to get back into shape. I'm, I'm really tired of running the bases in softball. And when I get to second, it's like I want to keel over because I've just run too hard. And so I, I really want to do this. And so I've decided that from now on, soda is out, right? So no more Pepsi, no more Coke for me, right? It's just, 
It's done. I'm out with that stuff. I mean, I know I have to do my exercising, so I'm doing my 30 minutes a day, and because I'm still a little out of shape, I'm splitting it up into two 15-minute segments a day. So it's, you know, I'm getting there, okay? I'm starting slow, uh, and it helps me, you know, to break free. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm believing I'm going to do this, and this is, this is my goal. But you know what's going to happen today, right? Because I told you my wife is in India. She's with the team over there, and so I've got... Uh, my two girls, my six-year-old and my three-year-old daughter, and they're amazing, and don't worry about them. I got them to church this morning. They are dressed, they match, and their hair is done. So today is a success no matter what, okay? That is already won. But you know what's going to happen is we're going to leave here today, and the first words out of their mouth is going to be, Dad, we need to go to McDonald's, right? And how easy is it going to be for me to say, we're going to do it, and we're just going to get a meal. And, you know, when I get that meal, that cup comes with it, and the soda machine just staring at you. It looks like a million bucks right there. And, and you just, you know, you know that's going to happen. So I'm going to ask you today, if you go to McDonald's after service and you see me there with a cup in my hand, just knock it out of my hand, okay? <laughs> just knock it out. If it's a water bottle, you can give me a high five. But if it's, if it's something else, knock it out of my hand. Uh, but that's, that's what's going to happen. And I'm going to have to choose in that moment. I can make the excuse, well, it's Sunday, you know, it's the day of rest, and I, got, I can start tomorrow, right? I can do this. I can, what's one day? But we've got to choose in that moment to really say, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm not going to let this be the thing that changes my course. And see, for most of us, we need to decide that spiritually. We know what that one thing is in our life. And we know the excuses. You find day after day that you come in and you're like, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm just, I can't break away from it. It's too hard. You know, I need this in my life. It, it's just a reality of what it is. And, and, and I think it's part of our human nature to make excuses. I'll be honest with you, I think it is. We even see this in the Bible. Jesus asked people to come follow him. And look at the response they give in Luke chapter 14, 18 through 20. It says, but they all began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I mean, it's, it's a part of who we are. And if we let it, excuses will dominate our life. Instead of doing or running the play that God has called us to run, we will find every excuse to skip out on it. Well, God, you know, it's a little uncomfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Well, you know, God, if I do that, well, you know, somebody's going to find out that I'm really not as good of a person as I let on. See, we're, we're good at making excuses. But we have to decide in this moment. And I know I'm drawing a line and say, I'm going all in, God. I'm going all in. And so it's not about excuses anymore. It's not about those things. I'm going to choose to follow you. And I can tell you, if you do, God will move in your life greatly. I wish at times God would just dramatically come in, and he does, and eradicate those things out of our lives in a moment. But I know I can speak for my life. Most of the time, it's a process. And I have to take an action step. And my action step is saying, I'm not going to bow to these things. I'm not going to cave to soda, okay? I'm just going to be strong today. And we have to do that in our lives. The second thing we have to do is simply this, is we make a break. 
See, there's always a break. In order to do something, you're going to have to break away from something else. Again, it goes back to that action step, right? You can make great choices until it comes to this secret sin. For most of us, let's be honest, in our lives, we make good choices most of the day. But then it comes to this one thing, these couple of things that we seem to struggle with day in and day out, and we just, wow, I can't get away from those things. And so we, we fall. And I want to speak to the young men in the room because for some of us, we do great all day. We go to work, we go to school, whatever, and we make the right choices while we're there. We set ourselves up in potential, but we get home and no one's home and no one's around and that computer's staring us in the face and we find that we make every excuse why we run to that computer. And I want to challenge you today to, to make that break, to set a program on your computer that would notify somebody. If you're on the sites you're not supposed to be on, you know, bring in accountability, make a break. You're going to have to take that step to do that. No one can come in and do that for you. But if you really want to go all in, set that up, find somebody to do that in your life. For you ladies today, I'm going to talk to the young ladies in here. Maybe you're in a relationship and you know you're not supposed to be in that relationship because that guy pushes you to do things that you know you don't want to do. And your heart is conflicted and challenged every time you're with this person. I'm going to give you permission right now. Go ahead, ladies. Take out your phone because I know you got them. Right? I'm even going to pause the service. And I want you to take your phone out, find that person's number, and text them and just say it's over. Simple as that. Say it's over. I'm not going to do this anymore. I need to make the break. I need to make a break out of this relationship, out of whatever this is, if I really want to see what God has for me. See, your life will change when you decide to go all in and stop making excuses and you make a break towards him and who he is in Jesus. Take that action step. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15. I love this verse. It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what can fellowship with light and dark, light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Bilal? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. See, we need to make that break. And, and, and I, don't want to, I don't mean any disrespect to our church in, in any way because I think it's an amazing church. But what we've done in churches across America is we make this building and, and the traditions that we have in church the holy thing. And that's not necessarily bad. But the reality is, is God wants us to understand that we're the holy thing. We are his temple. We are the ones that, that need to be holy, not this building, not the traditions we do. Again, those things are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we need to break away from those things or not keep this place nice. But what I'm saying is, is we need to change our focus and recognize that you and I are the ones that need to be holy. We need to make that break for Jesus because if we do that, we can walk out of here and show the people outside truly what it is to be a Christian or to be someone that God loves and follows. And that's his goal. It's not for this building. It's for us to be holy so that we can walk out and show his love to those around us. And when we do that, look at what happens. This is the rest of that verse I was just reading you, 16 and 17. When we ourselves become 
take those steps to become holy and make the break towards them. This is what God says to us. I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. That's powerful right there. And when we make the break towards Jesus, he adopts us. He takes us in. See, God can do anything for you in your life. But what I've found in my life and in my walk with Jesus is he waits for me to take that action step towards him. And then he comes in and he does the rest. He just wants to know we're committed. He wants to know we're all in with him. That's what he wants. And the third thing is, is that we need to fill a void in our lives. See, we can't just stop doing something. Again, no disrespect to the church, and I'm not here to hound on the church, but I can remember growing up in church, all I was ever told was stop sinning. Thou shalt not sin. Don't sin. Don't do this. Don't do that. Right? And that's a great message. And I find myself doing it now to my girls all the time. Just don't do that. Dad said don't do it. You don't need a reason. Just don't do it. You know? But I never give them something to do. It's like this. You know? Again, my wife's gone, and so my girls will take any opportunity they can to stretch out the sofas in the living room, the ottoman and everything, and they pretend the floor is hot lava and they will jump from one couch to the other across the room, you know, and Lila will leap and because she's six, she can jump three times as far as Rory, but she stands right there with the ottoman twice as far as what she just jumped. And she's like, come on, Rory, you got this. And we know what's going to happen. Rory's going to jump. She's going to fall about six feet short right on her head and then I've got to explain to mom via FaceTime or over the phone while we're sitting in the emergency room, right? I mean, it's just, it's, and so what do I do? I yell at him and I'm like, stop. You can't jump on the furniture. It's not the trampoline. We have that outside. But what happens? I walk away and I just say, stop, don't do this. And they get bored, right? And I turn around and they're doing the same thing. It's like I didn't even have the conversation with them. We do that spiritually, right? We hear all of our lives in church to stop sinning, to stop do this, but we never replace that thing with something that's healthy or good. And so we get bored in life and the world just draws us right back in and entices us right back in. And we find ourselves in the same place. It's just a part of life. If you stop doing something, you're supposed to start doing something else to replace it. And so when you break away from this, fill the void with something. Find an area to serve in. Find a place to give your life to. That's what God wants. I love this story. I found it as I was preparing, and I think it illustrates this point great. It's this pastor, he was preaching on a Sunday morning, and he gets up and he says, if I had all the wine in the world, I'd take it and I'd throw it in the river. If I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd take it, I'd throw it in the river. If I had all the beer in the world, I'd take it, I'd throw it in the river. And he closes out the service, he prays, he invites the worship pastor up. And the worship pastor goes, let's turn in our hymns to number 423, shall we gather at the river? It's funny. But it's true, right? In our lives, if we don't replace that void, we find ourselves going back to the very thing that we're trying to get rid of. 
Because there's a comfort there. There's a security there. And we have to fill that void. And so how do we fill that void? And here's my final four things with you this morning. Is number one, we have to give our lives to Jesus. And that phrase is important. I want you to to understand it and see that. That we give your life to Jesus. Not just a part of your life, not just a segment of your life, but that you give your life, everything that you are, the things that you enjoy, the things that you despise, the things that drive you up a wall. It doesn't matter what it is in life. Give it to Jesus. Be all in with who he is. See, I know a lot of people want to be Christians, but the sad reality is the majority of them just want to be Christians because they want fire insurance. They don't want to go to hell. That's the only reason. They're not in it for anything other than to escape the pit of hell. And that's not what God's after. He wants all of you. He wants to be in your life in every aspect. Because think about this. What if in church, what if in our lives, we were truly in love with the man and person of Jesus? What would our lives look like? What would our worship look like? It would be more than just songs, right? If we were truly in love and all in with Jesus and we give him everything, it wouldn't just be about singing a song. We would be declaring with everything that we are how great he is and what he's done for us. You know? I mean, think about it. We do this in the sports world, right? And I'm with you in this, okay? I yell at my TV for the football games too, okay? I know they can't hear me, but it makes me feel better. (laughs) And I yell at them. But why are we so invested in that? Because we spend all week talking about it, be it our fantasy teams or whatever else, right? We will go four hours early to a game, right? We will park 10 miles away from the stadium. We'll spend $1,000 for a ticket. And what's the result? We get the all-in experience because it's what we lived. It's no different in church or for Jesus. When we go all in with him and we put ourselves all in, we're going to get the full-on experience. And so when we come to church and the Bible tells us that we're to put our hands together or to clap for the Lord, to shout with praises to him, I don't want to be one of those people that show up and go, God, I'm going to give you my best golf clap. You know, I want to put these two bad boys together and make some noise for him. I want to shout and tell him, who he is. And I know for some of us, that's out of our personality realm. But I want it to be all in. I want to come in and whatever that looks like for you, I want to be all in for who he is. I want my whole life to speak to who Jesus is. See, how do we know what it really is unless we go all in? See, some of us, we want to determine and say the Christian life isn't for me. My question to you is, is not that it is it for you, is the fact, have you gone all in to really get the experience of what it is? See, if you go all in, I promise you, you won't be disappointed today. I promise you that things will be different. Look at Ephesians 5.18. It says this, it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And I want to caution you here because I know exactly where we want to take that verse. But it's not just wine is what the Bible's talking about here. The Bible's talking about anything. Don't get drunk on anything. Be it sports, be it popularity, be it whatever the case is, pornography, your attitude, 
relationships. It doesn't matter. Don't get drunk on that. Why? Look at the definition of debauchery. It's just simply extreme indulgence. Extreme indulgence. Why? Because when that happens, your flesh cries out and you get that one thing and you become so consumed with that one thing, it dulls your sense to who God is in your life. And God's bigger than that. He wants you to see that he has something great for you. And I love this about the Bible because it doesn't just say stop, right? It doesn't just go stop doing those things. It says instead be filled with the Spirit. It gives us that action step. Be filled with Jesus. Give him everything. Give him our lives and see what won't come of it. Things will be different. That thing that you're trying to break away from, I promise you, it'll begin to fall off if you give yourself to Jesus. The second thing, get in a small group. Get in a small group. See, if you really want to change your life, the void that you're missing or that most of us are missing is simply that we're trying to do it alone. We're never designed to live life, to walk life by ourselves. That's not how we were created. We were created to be with people. And so for some of us, we got to break away. And the way we break away is getting with other people, finding someone that we can partner with, that can help us, that can be a support. Look at Ephesians 4, 8 through 12. I think this verse illustrates this perfectly. It says there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. His life was rough because he was by himself. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though, he may be, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. There's power in numbers. God doesn't want you to walk by yourself. He wants you to be entangled, partnered with somebody in life. He wants you involved. You may not know it, but here at FCC, our goal and the reason why we push small groups so much is not because we want you to have another night where you can have a devotion or a Bible study. That's not our goal. Our goal is, to, is that you would find a friend. Our hope is that you would find someone that you can trust and share the one thing you've never told anyone else. That you could build confidence in someone, that they could help you walk through life. And Pastor Josh may get on me a little bit later, but it's okay. He's in India right now. No, he believes this too. We don't even really, we're not even really concerned if you get something out of the material. I, don't get me wrong, I hope you do. I hope you do. But the purpose of small groups is not for the material. We, and we have some great small groups. We've got Souls in Motion, an exercise group that's amazing. We've got men's groups and women's groups and marriage groups that are amazing. And the content is great and it's, it's helped change lives. But the goal of small groups is to find you a friend. That's it. So that's why we don't concern ourselves with what small group you're in. 
whether it's souls in motions or a ping pong group that meets. It doesn't matter to us. We just want you involved because we know that when you get involved, you will find someone that you can trust, that you can rely on, and that you can begin to walk through life with. Think about that. If you're not involved in one, I'm going to plug it, and I'm not going to be shameless about it. Find a small group. Get in one. It will make the difference. It will make the difference. I'm going to ask Seth or Grant, who's ever playing piano, if they would begin to make their way back. But the next thing in life that you need to do to begin to change is find your purpose. Find your purpose. See, I've found as a pastor that I'm never going to be able to solve someone's problems. I just can't. I can't solve your problem. I wish I could, but I can't. But I have found that the way to help people with that is to give them something bigger than their problems, to give them a purpose that is greater than their struggle. See, people that lead successful lives, it's not because they have any less problems than you or I. It's that they have a purpose that they live for. There's a purpose to their life. Look at what Paul says in Acts 20, 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. See, Paul had his purpose. If you were to look at Paul's life, it wasn't easy on any level. This is a man who was shipwrecked, who was beaten, who was thrown in prison. His life wasn't easy, but he had a purpose. He knew what he was called to do. And for you and I, we need to discover that purpose. And that's why here at the church, we push growth track. Can I tell you something? Growth track is not so we can get more people to serve. That's not what growth track is about. Would I love for you to serve? Absolutely, but that's not the goal. The goal of growth track is to help you find and discover the purpose in which God has intended you. That's why we blast it on the announcement all the time. That's why we tell you it's not for the church at all. It's for you. We want you to find the place that God has you and the purpose God has created you for because God has destined each one of you to do something great for him. Your great is going to be different than my great. But I've got to discover what it is. I've got to put myself in a place where I can find it. Small groups is a great start with that. Get involved in growth track. And finally, the last thing this morning that I want to share with you is live your life for the good of others. See, you really want to see things start to break in your life? Stop making it internal and start focusing on the people around you and see what God won't do. The ultimate, most fulfilled people I know are those who are living for someone else. They found a way to give beyond themselves, to do beyond themselves. They found their purpose, and their purpose is others. And I would challenge you today, begin to do that. If no other step you take, start looking at people differently. Give generously to them. That's why I said, I think our next message series that's coming up ties in so beautiful, and I was so honored to be able to share the last message here in this one. 
It's because we need to change our focus, shift. Our church is not here for us. It's here for the community. And when we get that focus, the things in our lives, they will begin to change. The struggles in our lives, they will begin to break free. We need to give our lives to Jesus. That's the first step. We give him all that we are and things will be different. We get in a small group and man, we realize that we can do far more together than we can do by ourselves. We're going to make a difference. Find that purpose, whatever it is. Maybe your purpose is cutting grass. Guess what? We got a lot of people that need grass cutting. You know, maybe not now that it's winter, but they could use some snow shoveling soon, I'm sure. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Maybe your your gift this morning is to teach people how to defend themselves. Use that gift. Put a little Jesus mixed in with it, and guess what? You're going to have a life change small group right there. Maybe your gift is just simply giving rides to people that need to get places. I can't tell you what your gift is, but find it and do it for someone else. The beauty about gifts, God gives us gifts not to benefit us. Our gifts were never designed to benefit us in any way. Our gifts were given to us by God so that we could help others. And when we do that, our lives become different. And I know today's message, I laid out a challenge. I get it. I recognize that I drew a line right here in the front this morning, and I'm challenging you to cross it. I'm asking you to step out of whatever is normal and go all in with Jesus. Give him everything that you are. And I promise you this, you won't regret it. If you go all in, if you buy into this and give him every part of you, whatever your struggle is, it'll change. See, how do I change? It's by giving myself up. That's the only way I'm going to change. Because if I try and do this on myself, I'm never going to win. I have to give myself up in order to overcome this. And that's my challenge to you this morning. And I would say this, and I don't say this to be mean. It's just honest. It takes no courage to sit in here this morning and take notes. But it takes every bit of the courage you have to get up and say from this moment forward, I choose to give my life to Jesus and all that I am is his. That's where the real courage is this morning. So I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes with me. And if you're in here this morning and you'd say, you know what, Brian, I'm at that place. I have that thing in my life that I wanna break free, but if I'm honest, I'm even thinking of the excuses now why I need to hold on to that thing in my life. You know, I'm finding a reason not to give all to Jesus right now because it's, it's hard. It's difficult. I don't know what others are going to think. I don't know how people are going to look at me if they find out who I truly am this morning. But as I sit here, I just know that nothing will change unless I truly go all in with Jesus. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out on any level. I just just want to pray with you. If you'd say today, I want to go all in with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A number of hands. It's amazing. 
God, I just thank you right now. I thank you for those who raise their hands, Lord God, and you see exactly where they are. Father, I even thank you for those who couldn't raise their hands in this moment, God, but I know you're working in their lives and we're beginning to think about the very thing that we struggle the most with. The truth is and the reality is, Jesus, we all have that area in our life that we struggle with, God. It may not be relationships. It may be a secret sin, God, that we've just never let anyone know. But today the Bible tells me, and I know without a doubt, God, that you know every part of me. God, you see the good, the bad, the ugly. You see everything about me, God. Nothing is hidden from you. And I want to stop making excuses, God. And I want to make the break towards you. I want to fill the void in my life with something that is meaningful and impactful, God. And I know it starts with you today. And so, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the one that died on the cross to take care of my sins. I believe you didn't stay dead, but three days later you resurrected. And now you're seated beside God, the Father in heaven, and you are praying for us. You are cheering us on, God. And I want you in my life today, Jesus. I want you as my Savior, the one that takes care of my past so I don't have to worry about my past. And I want you as my Lord, the one that's going to lead me and guide me for my present and my future. You're the one I'm after. Today I'm declaring I'm stepping over the line. No more half-heartedness, God. I'm all in with you. I'm giving you my life. And I'm going to dedicate myself to you, God, and doing what you've asked. I'm going to find a small group and get involved. I'm going to begin to understand why you've created me and the purpose that you have given me, God. And I'm going to live for others because I know that's what you would have me do. Help us all today, Jesus. May that be our prayer, I pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.